Kane is in the building. <laughs> Guys, it's almost May, and that means graduations, job interviews, and dressing for work. That's why we love the folks at Liberty Shirt Co. Not only do they make the coziest, warmest, and softest flannels we love to wear, but they have over 400 fabrics for you to design your one-of-a-kind shirt for every occasion, like white shirts for job interviews to the coolest linen for summer clubbing down the shore. And what's really awesome about these guys is that they make every shirt in New Jersey. Head over to LibertyShirtCo.com and save every time you use the promo code 3PETE. Hello, welcome back to another 3 P podcast, episode 17 of our third season. I am your host, Josh Framowitz. Once again, join with me are my co-hosts. Stephen Bonazzo. And Alex Castle. It's Draft Week, boys. Best time of the year for football fans, especially for those teams like mine who suck. This is the Super Bowl of the offseason. As a Jeff fan, we're sitting at number two. Very excited to see what our future holds. Castle, your Giants are just outside the top ten, but a lot of promise there with their pick. And Stevie, you got a late first rounder, but moves can be made. It's draft week. Anything can happen. So we're going to jump right into it. This is going to be a very draft-heavy heavy show, so we're very excited. Steve, you, you keep unmuting yourself just because you're so excited. So... We'll get to you first, but a lot of people are saying that the draft really starts at number three because Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be going number one to the Jaguars and Zach Wilson going number two to, to my Jets, which brings the 49ers at number three. They made a trade for it. And a lot of people are speculating that they'll take quarterback Mac Jones, which we're going to start with our debate there because for the longest time, it seemed like it would be Justin Fields as quarterback number three or even Trey Lance. So Mac Jones is kind of like a curveball. I personally am very confused by it. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but is he really quarterback number three? Steve, I'll let you go first. Yes. So um, it's funny because actually um, I don't think Mac Jones should be number three quarterback. I really like him. I really think that, um, he he played fantastic last year at Alabama, but for the 49ers and what, especially with Kyle Shanahan, I mean, that dude can make anyone look good. And we saw just a few years ago, they made the Super Bowl with that stellar defense. And then the offense that was led by Jimmy G, who was inconsistent at times. Um, so if I were them, I would get Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance has... One of the most upsides, he can run. He's got a hell of an arm, and I really like him. I think that if Kyle Shanahan was able to – I mean, he will be able to get him, but, like, if they do pick Trey Lance, the league should watch out because that 49ers, they still have that great defense. The only reason why they sucked this year was because Kittle was hurt for most of the year. Garoppolo was hurt for most of the year. And they just had inconsistent, you know, offensive play. So, if you get a guy like Trey Lance, I mean, that's pretty good. But the thing is, though, this is what Kyle Shanahan's been harping on. They want to draft the guy that's the most 
NFL ready. And is Trey Lance the most NFL ready? He didn't play at all. I mean, he played one little game this year, which was like pretty much a game to help um, to show um, Trey Lance this year because he wasn't going to play. Their season is in the spring right now, but obviously he was preparing for the draft. So they had a little, not simulated game, but a little, uh, just a one game against, um, I forgot who North Dakota State played. But besides that, he hasn't played in over a year. And then he only started one year. And he, some people fault this because he played a lower uh, competition in the FCS. I personally don't really buy that because there's a lot of guys who played at lower levels who have done just fine in this league currently and in the past. I mean, I can say Walter Payton or, uh, you know, Carson Wentz. So, I mean, Carson Wentz obviously last year sucked, but his first couple of years, you can't deny what he did. Um, so that being said, I think the pick there is Trey Lance. A lot of reports are saying Mac Jones at three. I'm fine with that for the Bears' sake, but not being biased towards the Bears, I think Trey Lance would be the best pick at number three. Yeah, I when I think of Mac Jones, I kind of see a lot of mini Jimmy G in, in, in him. He's not a mobile quarterback. He's an accurate pa- uh, pocket, pa- pocket passer. But does he have that deep ball accuracy? or the str- Not the accuracy. Does he have the strength? And they got some guys who could run down the field. They got Debo Samuel. They have Brandon Ayuk, obviously George Kittle. So it'll be very interesting. Now, my question for you, Castle, is Stevie just brought up Trey Lance as the pick for the Niners. But do you think it should be Justin Fields instead? Or do you think it should be Mac Jones or or even Trey Lance? So for a while, I was very conflicted about how I felt about Justin Fields you know, you look at the history of Ohio State quarterbacks going into the NFL, and it hasn't been too promising in the past. However, I do feel that Justin Fields should go number three to the 49ers. I think out of him, Mac Jones and Trey Lance, he looks the most NFL ready to me. And not only that, but I think Shanahan can do a lot with him with the weapons that they have for this offense. I think having a mobile quarterback will be great. It'll take a lot of pressure off. Because like, like we just said, the offense was what struggled with. I mean, yes, they had all these injuries and everything. But Jimmy G is not the most mobile guy. And I feel like you get a young Justin Fields in there, it gives Shanahan a lot more room to experiment with that offense. So I, I don't see why they would go for Mac Jones. I mean, I like him. My issues with him are, you know, he's not the most mobile quarterback. He also did have three of the best receivers in college football to work with, which I think was a huge help. Do I think Mac Jones will be taken at a, at a decent pick? Yes. Same thing with Trey Lance. I think Lance will get picked before Mac Jones, but besides the point, if I'm the 49ers and I'm really looking to take that push offensively this season, then, then I'm drafting Justin Fields at three. And it's crazy. There was a report today from Adam Schefter saying that the Niners are strongly considering either Mac Jones or Trey Lance, they left out Justin Fields completely. They were debating about this for the longest time. So it seems like it'll most likely be Mac Jones and then with a slight consideration of Trey Lance at this point, which brings up pick number four, which is held by the Falcons. And this is where a lot of people feel the draft will be starting. 
because there's so much uncertainty. They could take another receiver because of the reports that Julio they'll look to trade Julio Jones this offseason. Kyle Pitts, who people are saying is the most athletic guy in this draft, is a tight end. They struggled defensively. They could take someone on defense. They could even take another quarterback here. So, Stevie, if you're the GM of the Falcons, which direction are you going towards and why? Well, this is the beauty of the draft. This is where all hell breaks loose and anything can happen. And if I'm the GM of the Falcons, this is what I'm looking at. The Falcons' offense is no issue. I mean, you had Matty Ice, who won MVP a few years ago. Julio and Calvin Ridley, which is like formed one of the best wide receiver duo. You have Hayden Hurst, who is a pretty solid tight end. The line is shaky, but whatever. For me, if they were to stay and pick at number four, you have to go Kyle Pitts. You have to. Because I think Kyle Pitts arguably might be like the best player in this draft. With that being said, I personally think they should trade down, get some assets because they have more needs. And, you know, if you trade down just a few spots, you can gain a bunch of picks. And then you can still get good talent. So you can still get a good receiver if you drop, or you can still get alignment. Or, you know, I think they could probably wait one more year to get a quarterback. Um, if they really want to, they could mentor. Um, like, say, if they draft, like, Justin Fields, he's from Georgia, so I think that would make sense um, and have a mentor behind Matt Ryan. But I think, I think you've got to go either Kyle Pitts or trade down. I think that's... That would be what would be best for the future of the Falcons. Yeah, I think. See that this is what makes it fun as fans because there's so many questions, especially like I said, Julio Jones possibly being traded. So if he if that happens, then they're gonna have a huge gap at receiver, and then that'll make people question if they should draft Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith or someone like that. You also said their O-line is shaky. So do you take Sewell or Slater? Or you said quarterback Justin Fields is from Georgia, so they could take him, mentor him behind Matt Ryan. So thank God we are not the GMs, we're fans, because a lot of headaches that these GMs have. Gas, what do you think? Yeah, the, the Falcons pick is really interesting to look at. And until Steve brought up the point of trading down, it's not really something that I thought about. That could definitely help them. I do feel like they trade down, they get more picks, they could rebuild a little more. Um, but in the scenario that they don't trade the picks, I think as much as it would be great for them to get pits because of how great of a player he's going to be. I mean, like Steve said, he could be one of the best guys, if not the best guy coming out of the draft, which I agree with. His athleticism for a tight end is, is, is unmatched. However, if I'm, a Falcons GM, if I'm the Falcons GM, I got to be looking at the production from Matt Ryan these past few seasons. And after that MVP season, I haven't really seen enough play out of him that would make me feel confident that he can lead to to a playoff spot. Therefore, I think the Falcons should take a quarterback at number four. I think you got to start, you know, utilizing these weapons. I think you keep Julio Jones. I don't think you trade him. 
You have him and Ridley continuing to do their thing. And I think you get a young guy, throw, throw him into the mix. See, see if that's what Atlanta, Atlanta needs. But hey, listen, if they draft Kyle Pitts, Matt Ryan better be making the, the wild card this season. That, that's all I'm saying. I mean, Pitts, Ridley, and Julio together is, is very nasty. Bold moves from Alex Castle. But it's interesting when you bring that up, it makes me kind of think of the Cowboys offense last year because you add in CeeDee Lamb to Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and Ezekiel Elliott with Dak Prescott being the quarterback. Everyone was saying, watch out for that team because their offense is going to be special. If so many weapons, there's no way that they don't make the wild card or something or win the division because it was the NFC East. And look how that turned out. So it'll be interesting. Castle's going bold with the Falcons this year. Um, but I want to bring up a scenario for you, Castle, because you're a Giants fan. You and Stevie both mentioned the possibility of the Falcons trading down and getting assets. So let's say I saw a report that the Giants are interested in trading up. And they're interested in Panay Sewell, the offensive tackle for Oregon. Would you consider a trade with the Falcons to get the number four pick so you could get your offensive lineman to pr- protect Daniel Jones? Or is that too much? I don't know, Josh. You know, when you sent me the article, I was a little shocked by it, only because what I've been seeing lately is that the Giants were either going to trade down or keep the 11th pick. So if they, I mean, Trading up for number four would obviously be great. It would guarantee us the best line, arguably one of the best linemen in the draft. But I don't know. I kind of like the idea of taking Smith at 11. I think that it really will solidify the weapons for Daniel Jones that he's needed. I mean, this is his make or break season. I think if we get him, it just gives him a lot of options, especially with Saquon coming back. I saw before, uh, before we started shooting this, that uh, Adam Schefter tweeted that Barkley is on track to make it back for the beginning of the season, which is very exciting. So I would, I would prefer to keep the 11th pick and either take Slater, who, who I'm a big fan of, if, if he gets to 11, or take Smith. I don't think trading up to four is, is, what, they, is what they should do. Yeah, I'll let you give your input, Steve, because your brother's a Giants fan. You're raised by uh... – a lot of big blue fans. Yeah, no, I'm I'm surrounded by big big blue fans, you know, big blue nation. I he he's kind of stressed that he doesn't want to move up. Um, he exactly what Castle said. It, like, why would you move up to give up assets when you could just stay put and still get a good lineman? Or, I mean, because I've seen a whole reports. Gettleman loves Micah Parsons. Joe Judge loves Devontae Smith. And then the um and then I guess the rest of the franchise, like the other front office people, they love who was it? Oh my gosh, now I'm blinking. I think it was a lineman. I think it might have been a lineman. Um either way, so it seems like there's a lot of different um conflicting reports with the Giants, but I, I think to trade up to four would just be nonsense. Um to just give up picks when and the Giants now they've really filled a lot of their holes over the past few seasons and I think they're really close I think they they are contenders for you know definitely for the NFC East 
I think they are definitely a wild card team now. And if you stay where you are and you get the guy that you wanted, or you trade down and get more picks to really fill out your roster, then you're looking at a great football team on paper, at least with a good coach who, you know, we saw last year, he can help turn around this team. But if you move up, then you're just losing more draft assets to yes. Like if you get a guy like Sewell, like, Yes, you know, you, you probably shore up the, the other side of the tackle. You, but you just, you know, you just saw, um, drafted Andrew Thomas last year. And they really, over the past few years, they have invested in the line. And I think that they should just target somewhere else. At least in the early rounds, there's a lot of good line, linemen in this draft. So you can still get a pretty solid lineman in the mid-rounds. So... I think they should save their asset, um, yeah, assets and then either stay put or trade down. And they don't have to trade down from pick number 11 to pick 25. But if they move from pick 11 to pick 13, 14, gain like an extra third round pick and then a future pick, that's a win. Agreed. I, it was just a hypothetical because I saw a report earlier uh, about the Giants looking to move up, but it kind of... I saw it too. Yeah. I saw it too, so you're not uh, making it up. It, it also shocked me because I don't think that would be the best move for the Giants. No, I No question the talent that Sewell has, but they're sitting pretty at where they are right now. Whether they go offense or defense doesn't really matter. They're going to take a stud. I think it would be the best in their best interest to take Michael Parsons. Like you said, Steve, you get a nasty edge rusher from Penn state who ran like a four three, I believe also, because it seemed like everyone was running four threes at this, uh, at the pro days, which is crazy. So, which now brings me to my next point about castle. You said Devonte Smith who people are predicting the, the Heisman Trophy winner to be wide, rece- wide receiver number three in the draft behind his own teammate and Jamar Chase. So uh, let's see. Start with you, Castle. Who do you think will have the best long-term career as a wide receiver in this league? Waddle, Chase, or Smith? This might be a little biased because of where he's projected to go, but I'm going to go with Smith. I think that he is, a for how young of a guy he is and the mentality that he has and the attitude that he has and how humble he is, he's going to make it so big in this league. You know, the fact that he he recognizes that he's, you know, not the typical size for a receiver in terms of, you know, his body. He, he's a tall, lengthy dude, but he owns it. And the fact that he owns who he is as a player and he's ready to go up against these big-time D-backs and safeties just shows me that he's going he's gonna to come in big for whoever drafts him. And I'm, I'm very excited. No, no discredit to the other two. I think Chase and Waddle are also fantastic receivers. But I just see a different story brewing with Smith that I think that's going to make him the best out of the three. And Steve? So I do, um, I do agree with the Devontae Smith thing. Um, I'll kind of give him no review for all three. Because we saw just in this draft, like Promise, you just said, it seemed like everybody was running four threes and four fours, offense and defense. Not the linemen, but 
So if these linebackers and obviously safeties and corners are just getting faster, then not what is Jalen Waddle good for, but Jalen Waddle relies a lot of his game on his speed. So that's why like a Devontae Smith, that dude, he really focuses on like his catch radius, his route running. He's got some of the crisp, crispest, crispest route. I can't say that word. Wow. Yeah. Uh, sorry if you're listening. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he runs some of the best routes that like in college football, and I'm sure he'll bring it to the next level. But I, I like Jamar Chase, big Jamar Chase guy. He was phenomenal in 2019, uh, 2020 with LSU. Because Jamar Chase, he's not the fastest, but he's a physical guy. And, you know, like I said, if everyone's getting faster, then you got to – it's not like he's slow. He's not slow in the slightest, but he's not a, a speedy guy like, say, Waddle or Elijah Moore or, you know – and then fell Tyreek Hill, guys like that. But he's a physical dude. He he can catch the ball, and he just knows how to play the position. Um, and especially if he goes to Cincinnati and reunites with Joe Burrow, they already have that chemistry. So a lot plays to what team they go to, obviously, um, and what system they're in. So if he goes to Cincinnati with Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow, I think he'll have, you know, a really solid career and probably possibly a better career than Devontae Smith and um and Jalen Waddle. So I think between the two, like Smith and Waddle, then those two are it. But uh but I I think Chase at the end of the day will will have the more prolific career. And a little fancy term for you. Love it. Big SAT guy, I see. Um well, not quite, but <laughs> made presenceless. Made presenceless. Yeah, much better. Wow. feels like just yesterday we were having this debate uh, a year ago where we were talking about the three receivers in last year's draft, who was going to be the best, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, or Henry Ruggs. And we all kind of seemed to agree that it was either going to be Lamb or Judy, Judy for his route running, Lamb for his physicality and speed and the way he breaks off defenders. And Ruggs, we kind of agreed, was the fastest of them all. Kind of like what you said about Jalen Waddle, the the Tyree Till kind of the speed. And we were kind of, we were all shocked when we were recapping the draft, how Henry Ruggs went first, but he had a good year, but not the same level of caliber that rug that uh, lamb and Judy had. So it's interesting how we're having this debate now, a year later about these three receivers for me. I'm going to have to agree with you, Castle. I think Devontae Smith will have the best career because for the same reasons that you said about how he understands his size is going to be a knock against him, but he uses that as motivation and fuel on the field. And his route running, his cuts, everything is what made him to be the Heisman Trophy winner this year. Jamar Chase, no discrediting his talent. And especially if he goes to Cincinnati, he's going to be special, no doubt. But I think Devontae Smith, wherever he goes, is going to be something else. And keep in mind, people are predicting him to team up with his old, his old teammate, Tua, in Miami. So that could also be another bonus. Yeah, that'd be dope. I also just um, – it's funny. While you were talking, I saw on Instagram that – wow, of course, they're cutting the grass right now. This is just – 
time we record, there's something going on. But um, supposedly per Jeremy Fowler, he stated that uh, the Falcons are expected to stay put at four and draft Kyle Pitts. So just a little quick update I just found out. So I just – I don't – you know, who, anything can happen like we said, but they're the insiders, so I kind of – you got to trust them a little bit. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Fowler is a pretty reliable guy, so – there you have it, a Stevie bomb on this episode. We love those. Yeah, hopefully. Well, I mean, not that I'm hoping it's not like wrong, but like, I don't want to be. I don't want people to not trust me now going forward. I want people to still take my word. This is not my word. This is just what I saw, and then I just I dropped it here on this podcast. Don't shoot the messenger. Stevie is just the messenger. Fans listening, so do not attack Stevie. Don't blow his Instagram up if this pick turned out to be false. I think we made it clear enough steve so you're in the clear now yeah i think it's pretty clear i'll let you know if i get any dms and then we'll have to you know maybe next week before the show get a you know why are you attacking me but i think that was i think that was clear enough you go missing next week we'll know why yeah i won't i you know they uh, they would have got me so now on the topic of steve uh, we've got to ask you, you're a Bears fan. You've been through enough pain. You signed Andy Dalton. You have Nick Foles still. You failed with the Trubisky trade-up and drafting him. So what did the Bears do this draft? Did they try to trade up and draft a quarterback in, inside the top 10? Did they stay put where they are? Help us listeners understand where your head's at as a Bears fan a painful Bears fan right now I don't know where my head's at I I honestly don't like I last year we didn't have a first round pick we had second round picks so I figured they would go like defense and offense um and I kind of figured like tight end Cole Komet because obviously tight end was a big issue for us last year or I was thinking like maybe a lineman or and then defense I was seeing like corner or secondary. So pretty much nailed it. Cole Komet and then Jalen Johnson. This year, finally have a first round pick again. Problem is we have a few needs that we can go. So I'll make it easy to start out. If they stay at pick number 20, there's like three options. Receiver, and the receiver I'd want with pick 20 would be Rashad Bateman. Honestly, though, I think we can wait on a receiver. It's like the second, third round. And still nab someone pretty good. I mean, Darnell Moody, heck, was a fifth-round pick. So, and he, he was a stud. Um, so, really, I think it's between corner and lineman. Lineman, I would love Christian Derisaw from Virginia Tech. Tackle, I would love Tevin Jenkins. Tackle from Oklahoma State. I mean, he he looks like a... He's got a baby face, but he's like, he's terrifying. He punishes people in the field and he's got like goggles. So I would not mess with him, but he's actually, he's a good player too. And then my other lineman I would take at pick 20 would be um, Vera Tucker. Was Elijah Vera Tucker um, from USC? He's pretty like, um, he can play both like guard and tackle, I think. So he's pretty versatile. If Rashawn Slater drops, obviously, but I don't see Rashawn Slater dropping that far. So those are my three for linemen. And then corner, Greg Newsome. He played at Northwestern. He's from Chicago, so be like a homecoming, and he's actually filthy. 
And then maybe Caleb Farley, who has been dropping because he's been injured. Uh, he, like, he just had back surgery this offseason, and he didn't play this past season anyways. But he was, he was disgusting in 2019-2020, similar to Jamar Chase. So I think that's like, if they were to say a pick 20, those were the guys that they should be targeting and who I would want them to target. Honestly, we need a quarterback and not a, you know, a, a rental guy like Nick Foles or Andy Dolan. We need to find our quarterback of the future, especially with the defense somewhat still intact. The longer you wait, the longer changes are going to happen, and then this team is just going to fall apart, and we're going to completely suck again. So if Justin Fields or Trey Lance, one of them starts to fall, which I think it'll be more likely Justin Fields starts to fall, the Bears have to be on top of it, and they have to try to trade up. And I think it's going to be tough because Atlanta at four, that's going to be a steep price. So I don't know if the Bears will be able to trade up to four. I don't think Cincinnati will trade out of five. Miami. Carolina. That, that's what I was going to say. You know, because Miami at six, they'll trade down, but they still want to remain somewhere in the top 10 or right outside the top 10. Pick 20 is going to be too late for them. Carolina just got Sam Darnold. So I have seen reports that they do love Justin Fields, but it would kind of be make no sense to trade for Justin Field, um, trade for Sam Darnold with Teddy Bridgewater still in the roster and then draft Justin Fields. Like it just, you're not really going anywhere. So I don't think you just trade for Sam Darnold, who's what, 23, to then draft Justin Fields. Um, so I think pick eight is a great spot to move up because you move in front of Denver who might take a quarterback. I don't necessarily think so, but just be safe. And then I, the thing is what scared me is Detroit at seven. Cause they, I don't think they'll take a QB, but they might trade with someone to screw us out. If we trade to number eight or, you know what I'm saying? So, but I think if we trade up to Carolina number eight and try to take fields, that would be, that would make my night and you would, I'd be very happy for the next show and I actually end my semester and start the off season. Well, not start the off season, but kind of end the off season on a good note for me. And I have one more question for you and then we'll get to castle after you talked about Carolina. Here's some hypotheticals that I kind of just thought of. No picks really involved, but would you consider a trade for Bridgewater? Um, no, I wouldn't. Because I think Bridgewater and Dalton will kind of give you the same sort of production. And Dalton's only on a one-year deal while Bridgewater's still locked up for another year or two. Um, so I, I would just, you know, and then you, would, you wouldn't have to give up too much of, like, our draft capital, but you'd still have to give up a little bit. So I would just, at that point, get a lineman, get, you know, get someone who'll make a contribution right away that like, not that Bridgewater won't, but then it's like, like, what are you going to do with Dalton? And, you know, like who's going to be, I don't know. I think if you get a rookie quarterback in there, then that'll be more promising because then he can kind of learn under Dalton. And then if they make the switch mid season, that'll be good. Like, you know what you're going to get from Bridgewater, you know what you're going to get from Dalton. So like the two of them, I don't think that'll be 
good for the because then you'll kind of just have a last year between Trubisky and Foles, and then the receivers are not going to be on the same page. The whole offense won't be on the same page. So if you get a young guy in there, that'll be good. But I don't think adding another veteran will do anything. Especially, it's not like another veteran like Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. It's someone of the same pedigree as Dalton and Nick Foles, sort of. Yeah, it was just a hypothetical. I doubt it happens. It was something that I just thought of. I hadn't seen any reports, so no need to attack Stevie on this one. But Castle, we, I, I think a lot, we'll see a lot of trades, especially in the top 10, because there's a lot of teams like Chicago who need quarterbacks. Uh, New Orleans, the Patriots, other teams need quarterbacks. Washington. Which team do you think is most likely to make that jump into the, inside the top 10 and draft a quarterback like Lance or Fields or Mac Jones if he slips, according to your theory? I got to go with New England. I think that their current quarterback situation, they, you know, they have Cam Newton. Um, but we saw how Cam Newton did last season. And, you know, I don't know how patient Bill Belichick is going to be with him going into the season. It's not like they signed him to an extended deal. He's only on another one-year contract. So, you know, Belichick could easily be in a position where by week three, if Cam's, you know, only rushing, rushing into the end zone, he's struggling in the air game and the passing game, then he has the opportunity to throw in one of these great quarterbacks. So th that's what I see. Now, in terms of who they would be getting if they were to trade up, I could honestly see them going for Mac Jones. Don't, don't ask me why. I just see it. I've seen reports on Justin Fields as well. But I think just with my theory, I think Fields is going to be way too high to get unless they trade with San Francisco, which I just don't see happening. But out of all the teams that really need a quarterback and would really make use of a young quarterback with what they did during the offseason – as much as I hate saying it, I, I got to give it to the Pats. Yeah, I think Pats or Washington would definitely be most likely, but I do agree with you. Unfortunately, I think New England is the team to most likely make that jump. Stevie, do you have the same thing about this, or you think someone else? No, I think New England's probably the best, um, the best bet or option. I think that we saw Kim Newton really wasn't – what we thought he would be in New England. Not that anyone was really anticipating much, but like change of scenery, Belichick and stuff like that. And it didn't, and I don't even think he threw for like double digit touchdowns. <laughs> so, um, and obviously he's over 30 now. He's had a bunch of injuries. So yeah, they're going to look for that young guy. And they made a whole bunch of moves in free agency to try to shore up some of their holes. So they can afford to move up a little bit to draft a quarterback for the future um, and try to get back into that position of being a dynasty and being champions and, you know, what the Patriots are now known for. So especially, like, it's funny because I really think Justin Fields might drop more. I know, Cassie, you're saying that he, you think he's going to go high, but – from what everyone's reporting and from what it seems like, for some reason, no one is clicking with Justin Fields, but 
a few teams are, and the Pats are one of them. They love him. So if he starts to fall just the slightest, I expect him to make a major you know, move because they're, the Patriots are not a franchise who are okay with being mediocre, okay being the middle of the pack. They want to be winners. That's what, obviously, like I said, they're known for now. That's the, the standard in Foxborough. So I think um, – I think I agree with Castle. I think the Patriots will be the ones to try to move. And plus, they're kind of a good spot because they're at pick, was it 15? So they're not too far outside the top 10. And they have that little capital to spare. So I think, uh, think that would be a good, good team to see. I mean, I know you don't want to, but I think fans might have to get used to that. Yeah, we can wait on that. I'm hoping that they don't make a move because I think Fields under Belichick could be scary. Eh, actually, I don't really. I mean, they did make some moves in the offseason, so they do have, like, they have tight ends, but they don't have receivers still. So I'm still optimistic about that until they make some more moves in that field. But. I do I do think fields wherever he goes will be successful to some extent because of his ability to scramble out of the pocket and his accuracy and his deep ball is something else. So I think under Belichick with the tight ends that they signed could be a nice fit, unfortunately. Speaking of good fits, the Packers are projected to get a receiver finally. Rodgers desperately needs help. Devontae Adams is not enough. Aaron Jones is not enough. Last year, they were very – they shocked the world by drafting Jordan Love, a quarterback, in their, with their first-round pick. And this year, they're projected to take Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, I believe. Right, Steve? Um, yeah, that was – they've been doing a lot of research on him, so it seems like that might be the guy who they're projecting to. As a Bears fan, I'm sure you're not too thrilled about that report. No, not um, like I said, I like Bateman. Listen, it's kind of almost like they're gonna get a receiver. Like they have to. There's no way that they don't. Whether it's a first round, second round, third round, like they're bound to get a receiver. And the, again, this is another loaded receiver um draft class. So, but if they get Bateman, yeah, that's not gonna be fun going against pairing up with Devontae Adams. Yeah, look at the receivers last year who fell out of that top three. There was Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool. So last year's receiver class was loaded, and people projected this year's to be even better. So a guy like Bateman, Tooney, I believe, is a receiver out of Florida. He's, he's nasty. He's yeah. nasty. They're, these guys are just more special, it seems like. So – it seemed like the Packers need to make a move, it seems like, and a guy like him could fit in perfectly under Aaron Rodgers, who still has stuff in the tank because he just won MVP. So before we wrap up, we're going to do a little thing I want to call overrated, underrated, where you guys give me your player, two players who you think one will be overrated and one who will be underrated. So we'll start with you, Castle. All right. Uh, overrated. This is this is 
might be a stretch, but I think I have to go with Mac Jones. He's been very talked about um, in terms of the top quarterback pool. Like I said earlier, I think a lot of his collegiate career was carried by the supporting staff, arguably the best program in the country, et cetera. Do I think he'll do well in the league? Yes, but I think that this guy can be taken mid-round, even later in the draft. And then in terms of underrated, hmm, this is, this is tough. Underrated? I don't know. Get, get, get back to me about the underrated. But overrated, I'm going with Mac Jones. Sorry to put you on the spot there. But I, I do really, I really like your Mac Jones pick. I, I think he'll be a good quarterback, but it seems like more and more quarterbacks these days need to be able to scramble out. We're moving away from those Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers type guys where they stay in the pocket and they can't really move. So I do really like the Mac Jones pick. Steve, do you I, have Actually, I do have a name, but I think he's considered one of the top backs. So I don't know how underrated he'll be considered to be. Uh, but I'm just, but I'm just going to throw out Harris. Um, I really think that what I've seen from the analysts, um, the player comparisons, I, you know, I think with this draft, it's very quarterback and receiver heavy. So running backs are not talked about as much. And of course, you know, everyone says running backs can always be replaced, which they can. But I don't know, there's just something about Harris where I think wherever he gets drafted, he's going to be a huge supporting piece for whether it's a quarterback taking off pressure, whether it's creating more opportunities with the line. I don't know what it is. I, you know, it's, it's, it's the two guys from Bama, but that's who I'm going with. Yeah, that's also another good one. Uh, he's, everyone is saying that he's like a mini Derrick Henry with the way he's built. Something about those Alabama running backs – translate well in the league a lot of all pros in the league coming out of Bama so that that isn't a good one and don't forget about Wisconsin's running backs either come on come on you know we're Wisconsin's RBU that's fair Jonathan Taylor he he does seem very promising so I, I will give you that yeah I know they don't have anyone like coming to the draft this year for running backs but I'm just you know as a fan um, I had to get the two cents in. I respect yeah, it. Of course, of course. But I, I guess while I'm talking, I'll just get my, uh, my uh, overrated, underrated. And overrated, it's kind of tough because there's a lot of guys who are just solid guys that even if, like, they seem overrated, I still think – like, a guy like Mac Jones, like, I do think, like, he's a bit overrated um, for what they're hyping at, like, for number three. But I still think he's got great talent and he will do good. But for me, if I have to go with someone, I'm going to go with um, a little surprise, but Georgia's edge rusher Aziz, Aziz Ojolari, I think that's how you pronounce it. And, you know, they're saying he could be, like, he was in talks of being one of the first, like, um, edge rushers off the board with Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips. And looking at his production, it's not what, it would see, like, granted, I don't watch every Georgia game, and sometimes, you know, stats are a little, um, uh, what's that word? Like, sometimes you can't always pay attention to the stats in production, but I just don't see him. I think he'll be good, but I don't see him being a top, like, you know, 
a high first round pick and one of the first edge rushers off the board. I think that, you know, he's getting a little too much hype around his name um, to go that high. So if I had to go overrated, I'd go with him. Cause I really like Quiddy pay. I really like Jan- Jalen Phillips. Well, I'm not the biggest fan of Aziz uh, Lujari. I think I'm sorry. I'm butchering his name, but, and then my underrated, I have a few. I, I, like I said, I think there's a lot of underrated guys. So my first one, I kind of talked about him earlier, Greg Newsome, corner. He was absolute lockdown, but no one really talked about him because he played for Northwestern, who's not, you know, I mean, granted, they made the Big Ten Championship this year, but this season was just, uh, you know, it was crazy with COVID and everything and Wisconsin missing out on all those games so they couldn't make it to the Big Ten Championship and all that good stuff. But um, And then Wisconsin sucked, but... Northwestern typically doesn't get too much attention because they're not uh, usually a powerhouse school. So if you really look at Greg Newsom's stats and stuff like that, I mean, he was absolute lockdown. He was like one of the best corners in college football. So I think he, I think he's a very underrated player. And then my other one is Elijah Moore, who I kind of talked about earlier too. Not too, I think I just mentioned his name from Ole Miss. He like, went off the second half of the year. He had like over a thousand yards and he was like putting up similar numbers to Devonte Smith. Granted Devonte Smith did it over a full season, but like Elijah Moore, that second half of the season went off. Let me try to pull up his like full stats for the year. And I think he's got blazing speed. He's small though. That's the only thing he's, he's five, nine, but I think you know, he's got that speed to match with NFL, but he can – I mean, he had 86 receptions, over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns in the year. I mean, that's pretty nasty. So, and then we see Ole Miss receivers. They're doing just fine in the NFL, DK, A.J. Brown. So, he, he'll just add to that, um, to that list. So, I think he's one of the more underrated guys. And then there's a few other guys, like, defensively. I think um, Davis from Kentucky, the linebacker. Very underrated. He's nasty. So I don't want to take up all the guys because I know promise you got to offer yourself. But I, this is a very deep draft. So a lot of underrated guys. Wow, you basically went over everyone in this draft. So I don't even know how I'll be able to pick my own guys. Come on, seven rounds. You have more than enough names. Yeah, well, it seemed like you covered at least six of them with all your names that you just threw out there. So I mean, another name is Stephen Bonazzo. You know, second round pick. Oh, geez. Yeah. So throw out some punters and kickers as my overrated and underrated because you went over everyone. Nah, but in all seriousness, um, I'm going to start with overrated. You mentioned his name a bunch on the show, but I'm going to go uh, Jalen Waddell for the same reasons that we said earlier that I see a lot of, of him and Henry Ruggs that he's a very good receiver. Don't get me wrong, but we said that this draft, there's a lot of guys who are running four threes, four fours, and that's really what made him stand out is his speed. But as DBs and other receivers are running blazing speed as well, there really isn't something that makes him unique anymore. His hands are all right. Does it? It's not on the same level as Smith or Jamar Chase's. So I think that that'll make Waddle be a bit overrated. And for my underrated, I have two guys, both offense. We mentioned how this wide receiver class is very loaded. 
And Steve, you just mentioned a bunch of receivers that you like. I'm going to add in one more. Terrence, Terrence Marshall from LSU. He's got very good size, good speed, had 23 touchdowns between this, this year and last year, which is a third in all of college football. He was able to play both outside as well as the slot, which makes him very versatile. Played under Joe Burrow and even this past year where they weren't as good. So it doesn't really matter who's throwing him the ball. It seems like he is special. And I see a lot of what he did in Justin Jefferson and other guys before him at LSU. So I think that'll translate very well in the draft. And someone who's been dropped who has been climbing the mock draft boards is Javante Williams, the running back out of North Carolina and castle. You like Najee Harris, who's a beast at Bama. Javante Williams is impressing people with his speed, his moves, his cuts as a running back. So this North Carolina back, I think will do well. And it's not, he's not really talked about as much before the pre-draft stuff because North Carolina isn't a big football school. But as people see his skills and all of that now, we're seeing that he's rising for a reason. So I think those two will have good seasons. And yeah. I wonder what do you mean North Carolina is not a football school? That's where Money Mitch came from. Get out of here. Get out of here, Stevie. It amazes me how they – I think the only way that that program – attracts people is that they're guaranteed to have the uh, the Jordan logo on their uniform. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know how people go to Carolina for football. I don't even know how Mitch how Mitch made it big. But then again, you could say the same thing about Duke with with Daniel Jones. So, it's it's just one of those things. Well, UNC now uh, Mac Brown, who is a leg- obviously legendary football college football coach. He he's been their coach in the past few years, so that has helped them. But before that, yeah, I don't know um what was too appealing for them you know for football obviously we know basketball they're a, well not so much anymore but they were they're usually a powerhouse i guess they just take all the basketball rejects and hope that they're good at, bat, at football so there's their football team same with duke it's like i've seen a few uh few teams have signed guys like who have not like washington signed that massive guy who's never played football before rugby guy right i think so yeah and then Another team just signed a guy who played college basketball. I was like, I, I, I never understand that why like these dudes play like college basketball and then they somehow end up in like the NFL. And it's like, so if you didn't play like football, like how did you manage to make it to the NFL? Like, and what, like, can I make it to the NFL? No, because I'm small. So that's Dude, right. Uh, the newest kicker for the Chicago Bears coming to the field soon. And I wouldn't be kicker. I'd probably, I'd probably be a better quarterback. I'd probably be the best quarterback they've ever had. All right. Well, that's enough out of you. So that, that'll wrap up this show. Thank you all for tuning in. Quick shout out to Matt Angler, social media guy, posting great content every week, every day. Every day. Check that out at 3P Podcast. And Kevin from Wild Chat Sports. Thank you. Great partner. They've got some great content coming out as well. So go check them out, Wild Chat Sports. A wrap up this week's show. So once again, thank you all for listening and enjoy the draft, everyone.